0: Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, as always, with my partner in crime, Marcus Parks. Hey, partner. All right, buddy. Um, so we got a lot to talk about today. What a crazy, what a crazy week it's been. It's Obama's final week. Uh, Trump is about to take the uh, oath of office uh, here coming up on Friday. I mean, a lot of people never thought that was going to be happening. No. And uh, you know, I guess the big winners in this election cycle, in a strange way. Is Russia and WikiLeaks? <laughs> Who would have thought 2016 would lead uh, to the victories of uh, of Putin and Julian Assange? Of course I'm talking about the uh, the pardon or the uh, the, the commutation uh, that Barack Obama just gave to Chelsea Manning. We're going to get into some detail on that. Barack Obama actually commuted or pardoned more people than the past 12 presidents combined with a total number of nearly 1,600 individuals. And the, the list includes some very funny people, including Ian Schrager, who was one of the creative geniuses behind uh, Studio 54. <laughs> Isn't that nice? And so he was doing a lot of drugs in the 70s and 80s, but that didn't get him sent to prison. <laughs> no. no, he got 20 months in prison for uh, tax evasion. That's what the government was upset with. Not all the goldfish dying in everyone's disco shoes, which I think is really where was PETA then? <laughs> No one remembers that, what those poor goldfish had to go through on the dance floor. Do you remember that? I remember. Well, Can you I mean, imagine I'm... being a goldfish in a disco shoe? <laughs> You're like, oh, I hope this guy doesn't do a whole bunch of cocaine, because when he does, he starts kicking around, and I die. <laughs> they die anyway. I know, well, it's, not, it's no place for a fish. <laughs> the heel of a boot? Anyway, so he got, uh, he, he's got. He been pardoned. He's out there. And also, there's this guy, Slugger, Willie McCoyvey and he played, uh, he played 20 se- 22 seasons for the San Francisco Giants, the San Diego Padres, and the Oakland Athletics. He's actually a baseball Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Big he- Mac, they called him. Big Mac! And that makes <laughs> sense. Hopefully he was healthier than the burger. And uh, <laughs> the baseball Hall of Fame he got in there In 1986, he served two years of probation and paid a $5,000 fine for failing to report $70,000 in income from signing autographs and participating in memorabilia shows, but Obama pardoned him on Tuesday. So there is a large group of people that Obama is showing mercy to, and uh, you can say what you want, and we'll get into the Chelsea Manning thing here coming up, but I am all for it. I, I think this was... A uh, in a a, a um, an opportunity for him to extend the love, and we do agree that over sentencing is extremely problematic in this country. It was the least he could do. I mean, obviously, I'm sure there would, a, you know, it was it, it was 1597, so I'm sure there would somebody who's wishing it was 1598. You yeah. know, you never really get to, uh, you never know how he's making these decisions. But my God, I, I have no problems with it whatsoever. And also now on the political side. Uh, There was a Puerto Rican prisoner. Uh, He worked for the, uh, it was the uh, Armed Forces of National Liberation. His name was Oscar Lopez Rivera. He's been in prison for quite a while now. Uh, He was sentenced to 55 years imprisonment, and Obama has pardoned him as well. I think he's quite up there in age. And, uh, you know, they call him a terrorist. A lot of people do. I mean, they were planning quite a bit of civil, uh, you know, rebellion Mm -hmm. because, of course, they wanted to get the people of Puerto Rico the right to vote and uh, they lost because <laughs> Puerto Rico still doesn't have the right to vote and you could make a strong argument that if you if we are going to uh, take over a country uh, what are they considered a settlement commonwealth a commonwealth they should have the right to vote yeah so uh, uh, you know so he's out of there now and some people are upset with that but not nearly as upset with how people are with the intelligence community regarding Chelsea Manning. Oh, people are freaking out over this. Woo, they are livid. Senator Tom Cotton, now of course he was a former uh, military man himself, could not believe it. He said he was flabbergasted. Uh, this is a Republican from Arkansas. He said, When I was leading soldiers in Afghanistan, Private Manning was undermining us. Uh, I don't understand why the president elect would feel special compassion for someone who endangered the lives of our troops, diplomats, intelligence officers, and allies. We ought not to treat a traitor like a martyr. And that is interesting. I think that final line really does Uh, encapsulate where the people are, you know, the emotions behind the people who completely oppose uh, commuting Chelsea Manning's sentence. Well, I think the big
1: thing about Chelsea Manning's sentence that uh, a lot of people uh, don't know about is that uh, she was sentenced to a ridiculous amount of time for the leaks. 35 years.
0: But she was not sentenced for aiding the enemy, which would have uh, given her the death penalty. Yeah. So, yes, she got 35 years. It was a... uh, an example. An example was being made, mm-hmm. and, and Chelsea Manning was uh, was the one uh, that bore the brunt of that example being made. And it's interesting because throughout Obama's time, he hasn't been particularly kind to leakers, uh, to WikiLeaks. Uh, you know, certainly not to uh, Edward Snowden, who is still over there hanging out with the Russians. I hear they have the best prostitutes <laughs> or sex workers. That's of course <laughs> according to Vladimir Putin, who did want to classif- clarify that. He clarified that when discussing Donald Trump and, of course, the dossier, which I do believe is probably complete and uh, utter—I think it's bogus. Yeah. I think it's bogus. Um, but it was amazing how Putin was just talking about how why Donald Trump wouldn't need a Russian prostitute because he has beauty contestants all around him, which is more disgusting. But then he did clarify if he did want to see a Russian prostitute, they have the best. They are the same person. They, Putin and Trump are just the same person.
1: Yeah, I don't know why everyone's
0: so surprised that uh, Trump loves him so much. I mean, they, uh, he, he's everything he wants to be. He really is everything he wants to be. So uh, yes, yeah, so Chelsea Manning. Uh, now this is interesting. The, the intelligence community, if in, you know, we don't have any definitive proof that the leaks. Now she, she stole seven thousand cards. I mean, this wasn't just documents. It was hundreds of thousands of documents mm-hmm. that she dumped and uh, and uh, ended up on the pages of WikiLeaks. We don't have any definitive proof that it led to deaths on the battlefield. It did not. No. We don't know, because the people who oppose her, such as the Tom Cottons of the world and the Paul Ryans of the world, and many uh, Democrats as well, uh, believe that it did. Uh, You know, just because... I mean, there's no denying that the enemy was aided by the information, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if you look at these things through, you know, the eyes of intelligence agents. Uh, They see the world in a different way, and they might pick up on different sorts of bits of information that we might just gloss over. So we don't know. Mm -hmm. So if she did cause the death of people on the battlefield seven years imprisonment or looking at 35 years imprisonment in the eyes of the individuals who would like to keep her detained is completely insane to let her go. It's completely nuts to them. And, uh, you know, it was really it did kind of come out of left field. No one in the news media was expecting to hear this information from Barack Obama uh, regarding Chelsea Manning. And uh, I want to talk to you now, Marcus, about gender issues and the role of her gender uh, reassignment surgery. Obviously, uh, going in there is Bradley Manning. Uh, coming out as Chelsea Manning, paid for by taxpayers. A lot of taxpayers were completely livid that they had to pay for a sex change operation of what they want many people to believe to be a traitor. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's America, and I think that uh, if we don't, uh, you know, that was a that was a an example of Americans being open minded. And I mean, I understand there being a little bit of frustration when it comes to taxpayer dollars paying <laughs> for a sex change from someone who theoretically cost American soldiers' lives. What do you think? Barack Obama, there is a core base to Barack Obama's constituency that has not felt uh, that he lived up to what he promised. Mm-hmm. And you can argue that the trans community uh, is definitely one of those communities. Do you think that because Chelsea Manning had a sex change that was, a, um, that was more beneficial to Barack Obama to commute the sentence.
1: Had there not been gender issues, uh, she would not have been pardoned. I, is that I, what you believe? I believe that 100%. I, I do believe that if there was not that added twist, that little extra spice on top, I really do not think that, um, I think one, people wouldn't care as much, uh, mm-hmm. and I think uh, two, uh, Obama would not have paid anywhere near as
0: much attention to it as, uh, as he does. So this is sort of a final gift to that, Again, that core group of constituents that... Really propped him up and and helped him get elected for two terms. This is the final sort of parting gift to them. And I mean, individuals of a libertarian uh, leaning and and of course very left leaning uh, people would all agree that Edward Snowden and uh, and Chelsea Manning have done a service to the country, and it certainly created a dialogue that hasn't previously existed. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: Edward Snowden, I mean, he's screwed. He's never going to get pardoned by anybody because, uh, as they say, yeah. uh, when they asked about uh, you know Edward Snowden. Is is he gonna get pardoned as well? It's like, well, Edward Snowden ran. He Edward did. Snowden ran and he re, Edward Snowden ran to Russia. He ran uh, to
0: the place where I heard they have the best prostitutes. <laughs> Interesting enough. <laughs> Interesting enough, Mr. Snowden. Hero or sex fiend? <laughs> Coming up on the next hot topic. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I really don't think uh, that the sentence would have been uh, commuted. And I really don't think the people would have uh, cared as much about it because the whole thing became more about the transgender issue than about the
0: leak issue. Uh, You know, it is. I I mean, I can definitely see that point and I don't really disagree with you. If you look at the trans community, uh, the transgender community, Chelsea Manning was really on the forefront of in their minds of, of civil rights and uh, just normalizing, uh, you know, what it is to have, you know, gender uh, reassignment surgery and, and things like that. I mean, Chelsea Manning was probably, you could argue, other than maybe uh, 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 Caitlyn Jenner, probably the most successful person, uh, you know, in, in, uh, of the community. Well, successful. Well, well famous. Known. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well known.
1: Yeah. I would say, uh, I mean, as far as. As uh, people in the know, people uh, that pay attention to the news, definitely uh, among the first. Caitlyn Jenner, by far more famous. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of fallen to the wayside. Remember her? I do remember Caitlyn Jenner.
0: (laughs) Donald Trump just allowed her to go to the bathroom in one of his restrooms. (laughs) (laughs) So isn't that nice? The public discourse is so high that we're really, uh, you know, that's that's a big time issue. Julian Assange promised that he would. A week ago, he sent out a tweet saying if he, if the, if, uh if Chelsea Manning, if the sentence was commuted, he'd come back to the United States, he would come to the United States and face charges. Uh, But now he doesn't seem to be really living up to that promise.
1: Absolutely not. He said that the commutation does not meet the conditions uh, that Julian Assange put forth. See, Julian Assange wanted Chelsea Manning to receive clemency and be released immediately. And since mm -hmm. she was not given clemency and released immediately, Julian Assange is not going to come to the United States.
0: Yeah, in some ways, this reminds me a little bit of what the West. Memphis three kids got Damian Eccles and the crew they got the Elbert play mm-hmm. and so basically to uh Assange's point she's you know Barack Obama has not lifted the fact that she committed these crimes these these crimes still exist it's not a full pardon or anything like that it's not clemency so uh but you know at the end and of course she won't be released for another six months At the end of the day, though, it's the exact same outcome, right? Mm -hmm. I just feel like Julian Assange doesn't really want to come and face the music. It would be the trial of the century. Julian Assange? If Julian Assange actually came here. But you wonder, you know, he has so much information on so many people. What would it look like? Would that trial? I mean, that trial would just be, it would be a soap opera in real life. It would be so much information that we have no idea regarding sexual uh, misdeeds and misconducts. I mean, he would throw everything out there in order to try to scare these people from going after him.
1: Well, WikiLeaks is so much more of a tangled web than people realize. Uh, there are some people that believe that Julian Assange hasn't been in control of WikiLeaks for a long time now. There are some people that mm-hmm. believe that Julian Assange is possibly even dead, uh, and that he is uh, work that there are other people. He's a pu- there's a puppet? That there is a puppet, yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that believe that Julian Assange is a puppet, and there's really somebody else pulling the strings, and that he doesn't actually have as much control over it as... Uh, he says he does.
0: So now we have a situation where the John Podesta emails that were released via WikiLeaks completely derailed Hillary Clinton's campaign. Uh, they were some of the leaks, uh, the uh, the DNC leaks, uh, which may not—I don't believe WikiLeaks were actually a part of the DNC leaks. Those mm-hmm. were a different leak, but of course that showed Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, and the DNC to be complicit in completely, um, really just. Screwing over, for lack of a better term, Bernie Sanders. So we have the the left livid uh, with, with WikiLeaks and what they did during the election, and now we have the right livid with WikiLeaks and this so called dossier uh, about Donald Trump and uh, and his uh, supposed relationship with Vladimir Putin. And does it undermine his credibility? You know, Representative John Lewis, uh, who is a uh, civil rights hero, we have to say that uh, he, he called him illegitimate, and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of Democrats are calling Donald Trump an illegitimate president. Which I think is a dangerous precedent I don't necessarily agree with those terms Um, I mean the precedent was set by
1: the Republicans By calling Barack Obama an illegitimate president And
0: of course The precedent was set by Donald Trump With the birther thing Yeah Of course in 2011 when when Donald Trump got a hold of the birther movement uh, He really didn't let go And then of course Barack Obama did end up showing his birth certificate You know, into his second term, I think we know. uh, Yeah, that's a a good point. And that's completely right. And, of course, John Lewis said that he hadn't, uh, you know, skipped uh, an inauguration in 30 years, but he skipped uh, George W. Bush's in 2001, of course, because, again, that was an election where a lot of people saw W.S. illegitimate. Of course, that went to the Supreme Court, and you can look what happened in Florida. We've talked about that, you know, extensively uh, with Jeb and uh, and the whole crew purging 90,000 uh, people from the voting registry, mostly of minority, uh, you know, uh, uh, mostly minorities. And, of course, those people would have tended to vote for uh, for Al Gore. So it's not necessarily unprecedented. But WikiLeaks is just uh, playing both sides like a fiddle right now. I mean, they are they, I mean, both sides don't know what to do with this information. And I think that's what's so fascinating with these just with these dumps of information. You can just kind of pile through it and you can you can pluck out. Whatever information you want from it, and then you can uh, discern, uh, you know, what that information says. And if it if it benefits your side, treat it as legitimate news. And if it doesn't, uh, you know, just call it, uh, you know, just fake, fake news. Fake news, random nonsense. I mean, fake news is uh, becoming a very
1: uh, fake no- news is becoming. I don't really know what word. I, interesting at the very least, uh, because Donald Trump is throwing out fake news. Uh, he's throwing <clears throat> that out every couple days. I well, mean, anytime there's something coming out that he doesn't like, he's calling fake news.
0: This does undermine the Democrats complaining about Donald Trump's new love of WikiLeaks. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Donald Trump praising Julian Assange many times. Julian Assange was on Sean Hannity's television show on Fox News. And of course, during the Chelsea Manning era of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange was considered the devil by Fox News. And now, of course, that's shifted because uh, Donald Trump has decided to attach himself with that brand and he doesn't mind the information that they're putting out there. So with this now, the Democrats trying to undermine Donald Trump for his uh, love of WikiLeaks, still reeling from the election, licking their wounds after some information came out that really hurt Hillary Clinton, the Podesta emails specifically. Now all of a sudden they have Barack Obama, the head of the Democratic Party, and theoretically the head of the Democratic Party, going you know for the next twenty years. Yeah. You know, I mean this will the Obamas will be the new Clintons. They, I mean Barack Obama is going to work extensively on uh, harvesting and collecting new young Democratic talent, which I think the Clintons purged for the past thirty years. He comes out in favor. Barack Obama comes out in favor of one of the largest perpetrators in American history, specifically when it comes to espionage, which was the act that, of course, Chelsea Manning was charged uh, under. How do they go about uh, derailing and uh, delegitimizing Donald Trump and his love of WikiLeaks when Barack Obama just pardoned or commuted the sentence of the worst perpetrator, in U.S. history when it comes to just a document dump full of classified information.
1: Well, besides Edward Snowden, of course, uh, I mean, as, 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 what's going to happen here is that there's going to have to be... Uh I really don't know. I don't know how they're going to actually approach all of this because it really does seem, it's like you said earlier, is uh, they say WikiLeaks is legitimate when it benefits them. Right. Uh, And I don't know how they're going to go forward with it. All I know is that uh, leakers in the future, uh, I think this is going to actually make people less likely to leak because the Republicans are now going to be out for blood. As far as leakers go. I mean, they lost their big fish and they are going to be looking for a new one. And I think the next person who leaks is going to if they get caught, if they leak and if they get caught, I mean, they are going to be
0: crucified because they want blood. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of Democrats want blood as well. I mean, yeah. there are I mean, yeah, there's a you're huge right. amount not, of people who are it's, against it's, this decision. It was one of the most controversial things, certainly of his uh, second term.
1: Yeah, and you're right. It's not just it's not just Republicans; it's Democrats yeah. as well, yeah. uh, which will make it even more difficult. Absolutely. If you've got, if you've got everybody looking for the blood of a leaker, uh, a new cow to sacrifice, uh, then that's going to make leakers a lot less likely uh, to leak information. And, and the term which is, leakers,
0: I think, is mildly disgusting. I mean, let's just, it does sound like a horror yeah. film and I don't even want to go into the logistics you of what I, a leaker is, but you, it seems like, oh my, like the floor's a little wet, but it hasn't rained in three days. The leakers are here. Call them seepers. Oh, disgusting. Yeah, that's the main leaker. Yeah, and but I, and I think,
1: again, we're going to uh, need leakers more than ever coming up uh, because the Trump Well, we don't need any
0: more leakers. We have Donald Trump on Twitter. He's leaking everything himself. But that's the interesting thing, though. I mean, he- Can't turn his back on WikiLeaks. He can't turn his back on Julian Assange. The Republican Party has now intertwined themselves. Alex Jones, and I and this is where you do have to give credit to that sort of what was once a fringe group of the Republican Party, sort of that nationalist, um, you know, very male bravado, let's reclaim this country kind of vibe, the Alex Jones vibe that's out there. And of course, reliant on extreme conspiracy theories. Alex Jones truly believes juice boxes makes kids gay. Uh, He believes, uh, you know, that Barack Obama might not even be a human. Yeah. Um, But now Donald Trump has aligned himself with those people, which I think was the in for Julian Assange to go on Sean Hannity's radio or uh, television show, was the individuals like Alex Jones talking to Julian Assange, praising WikiLeaks, praising Edward Snowden, Those are a huge group of uh, the Republican base now that got Donald Trump elected. And this is sort of a strange Venn diagram of Bernie Sanders supporters, Trump supporters, and sort of the anarchist. Uh, There's an anarchist theme and a thread uh, that goes through conservative politics uh, Mm -hmm. that that doesn't get a lot of exposure. You know, it tends to be more of the social conservatives that are worried about, you know, what bathroom individuals are going in or what happens in in, uh, people's individual bedrooms. They, they get a lot of press. The Rick Santorum conservative. But there is an anarchist uh, streak in the Republican Party. And it has the Venn diagram with individuals who voted for Bernie Sanders. And so you wonder if that coalition, that strange, I mean, and I almost hope that that coalition does get together and get a little bit more credibility. That strange cobbling together of people are going to be extremely important to Donald Trump if he wants to have any success as president. So this undermines the Democrats dissing on Donald Trump for his love of Julian Assange, and it makes it almost okay to uh, to revere WikiLeaks as a credible news source.
1: Well, I think the Republicans, uh, and the Democrats for that matter, I think the truth is so malleable these days. Is th- I think they can switch around what they believe is true uh Depending on the situation that they're in, I think they can. Uh, I, I think they can turn their back on WikiLeaks. I think they can say that this one is true and this one is not true, uh, I, depending on what the outlet is because if something comes out from WikiLeaks and it's reported yeah. by CNN, they can say fake news. But if something comes out by WikiLeaks and it's reported by Infowars, they can say real news. Right. Uh, that it's all about the delivery system now. depending on who uh, they want their constituents to believe, they can say, this is the person to believe. you need to believe that mm-hmm. you need to believe Alex Jones. you can't believe Lou Dobbs. Uh, they are I mean really they're creating their own media. And they're telling because well, every time Trump comes out and says fake news, that delegitimizes uh, mainstream news uh, in the eyes of their supporters. Of course. When it's already completely delegitimized. Uh, to begin with. So it's oh, getting yeah. to be where people can't uh, trust
0: anything. And his supporters are going to trust nothing but what he says. You know, I actually think that's one of the benefits of this 2016 election. I mean, we saw Donna Brazil who was a talking head on CNN as soon as Debbie Wasserman Schultz was out as the DNC. Uh, outed as the DNC chair, she just took over that vacuum. She just filled that vacuum right up from the from the panelist desk uh, on CNN, right uh, to the head of the DNC in a, in a moment's notice. Uh, I think that was one of the better things that happened. And when it comes to CNN and Donald Trump calling them fake news, that's exactly what the Obama administration, in the eyes of Republicans, has been doing to Fox News for eight years, right? So, in the, if, and most people who voted for Donald Trump got the majority of their television news from Fox News. There was just, it was a, it was a poll, I think it was a Reuters poll out there uh, today. And uh, and they called it phone news, and of course they would call it uh, Fox Entertainment. Shepard Smith had a great story about going to a dinner at the White House, and it was CNN news and uh, MSNBC news, and it was uh, Fox Entertainment. So there was always a uh, a looking uh, a desire to undermine Fox News by the Obama administration, well, and now CNN is dealing uh, with that exact same thing. But the most interesting part of it will be Fox News will get access. Uh, they did have some, you know, a fair amount of access to Obama, although he didn't give nearly enough press conferences as far as I'm concerned. But who will be in that room? Alex Jones, as people, and Breitbart. <laughs> they will officially be in the, in the, in the press rooms now. Yeah. And those are two entities, those are two media entities that we have to now take seriously. And those are two media entities that got a lot of their information from WikiLeaks and a lot of their worldview from WikiLeaks. So, I mean, that is, uh, you know, what happened now. So we have Chelsea Manning uh, being released. If you are in the intelligence community, which already feels under fire. Mm-hmm. You know, Donald Trump, and we talked about this previously on the show, I mean, when it comes to them, uh, you know, hell, MK Ultra. when it comes to the over-incarceration of, uh, of minority groups because of their drug use, the drug use of choice that I think was probably given uh, or at least introduced, uh, you know, by these government agencies. Of course, the drone war, the the line about uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. I mean, the CIA certainly has a long history of, uh, of covert operations that are completely uh, against the uh, the morality and the morals of this country, and so for the CIA now to be uh, under attack by Donald Trump and get uh, told that Chelsea Manning, uh, one of the main perpetrators, uh, you know, of, of cyber crime in this country's history, and he's going to be uh, to be told that he's going to be released, if you, if you're the CIA, I mean, my God, you're getting slapped all around. Yeah, where and do you go from here? Will Tom Pompeo, the uh, the new CIA director? He uh, he's an interesting character, and I think that they do want to sort of dismantle the powers of the CIA that Obama has allowed them to have and and Bush allowed them uh, to have. But even Chuck Schumer, he was on Meet the Press. Chuck Schumer, of course, uh, the most powerful, second most powerful Democrat other than Nancy Pelosi. He was on Meet the Press and he warned Donald Trump. He legitimately said on national television to I believe it was Chuck Todd. The CIA has six ways of, from Sunday uh, to get back at you. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the, the CIA has ways to get a, an immense amount of revenge on individuals who go against it. And if you ask t- someone like Roger Stone, controversial figure, but he firmly believes the CIA offed Kennedy. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's just the history of CIA abuses in Chile and all over the world and domestically are so well documented it's a dangerous precedent. Chelsea Manning going away. WikiLeaks being embraced by the sitting US, by the, by what will soon be the sitting U.S. president. If you're the CIA right now, uh, I know you know for, you know Tom Brennan. Uh, individuals in that uh, agency are just scrambling and completely livid. We're it will be interesting to see what their powers are over these next four years. Part of me has no problem with their powers being slightly eroded, given the fact of past uh transgressions i mean the the majority of problems or much of the problems that we've had in this country uh, specifically with her foreign policy has been led by the cia that's true so it is uh it's it's a it's a strange new world that we're seeing happen on january 20th and and that's one thing and when it comes to donald trump and his uh and his uh Soon to be presidency, I think that's an exciting thing, and that that's it's scary uh, because uh, again, this hasn't been seen in our in our lifetime.
1: We're going to see a lot of things that haven't been seen in our lifetime. Uh, for one thing, uh, Trump is proposing military parades in Washington D.C. and new, here in New York City. He says he wants <clears throat> to march soldiers down Pennsylvania Avenue. That's
0: different. That is different. <laughs> That's it. A- but who doesn't love a parade? <laughs> Everyone loves a parade. You know, I mean, it's just, it's- I'm just going to make sure that they don't lock knee. <laughs> and uh, we, we'll make sure that, the, you know, that the toes can't go more than six inches off the ground. Quick steps, quick steps. Let's not... Uh...
1: Baby steps, little
0: tiny, tiny, Baby tiny steps. St- make it a long parade. <laughs> tiny steps, no need to goose it up.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and that's maybe a possibility to show him where he's uh, going to be shifting over his power, you know, shifting it from the CIA uh, back over to the traditional military. Absolutely. Um, that uh, very much could be, uh, but it also, you know, uh, it's... It also shows that the the president's kind of seeing the military, seeing the military as an extension of his own dick. Well, uh, I think
0: all presidents do. Yeah, but I he's, mean, the drone looks like a dick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's true. But Trump's going to be the first person to wag it out in front of the
0: American people. Yeah, a little Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> yeah, and of course that's what uh, you know. That's what, and it's
1: very fascist. I mean, you you can't argue that 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 is a, a fascist thing to do. Is to show. <clears throat> The military to uh, people, and I mean that—that's mm. just flexing muscles. And because the world doesn't need to be reminded that the American military is vastly superior than theirs, they know. Everyone knows that the American that the American military is the best in the world, the biggest in the world, and the most powerful in the world. They yeah. don't need to be reminded of that. Doing something like that—that that is reminding the people. That the American military is of strong.
0: Well, and this is what we talked about on the last episode when we had Ed and Cena in here. Thanks for the great response on that episode, everybody. Uh, that's all about branding. And that's exactly what Donald Trump is going to be doing. These next four years are going to be all about branding. He already has his uh, 2020 campaign slogan: "Keep America great. Keep it great." Yeah. So he's the, theoretically, said I
1: can't believe I'm telling you this before I copyright it.
0: And he did. I think he <laughs> copyrighted on demand. He called his lawyer over. He's like, "Keep it, keep it great." He's like, "Do you want an exclamation point? No exclamation point. It didn't work for Jeb. If it didn't work for Jeb, we're not doing it." Damn. Oh. But that's it. That's all about the branding. And I do think uh, we live in a nation where the military isn't uh, nearly respected enough, especially when they come back and they're injured and now more people surviving on the battlefield than ever before because of our use of drones. And then, of course, because of our medical technologies, what used to be uh, an individual who was left for dead in, in Vietnam or even in the first Iraq war, although I think we only lost one person. Like, we lost like 68 people or something in the in first the, In the War. first
1: one, I think it was somewhere in the 70s, yeah. Yeah, that was, was pretty good. And I think a lot of those were friendly fire and uh, just helicopter accidents. Well, that's not right. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like it. Um,
0: you should read Jarhead. It's a beautiful yeah. well, book. Well, I saw the movie. You should read it, too. Uh, I'll watch it in subtitles. <laughs> is that does that count? Jar, but you know what? There was no uh, person with a jar for a head, <laughs> and I thought that was kind of a bummer. Well, I agree that that that's. But, that it, should... but, but it's, I'm just want to say really quick. But it's yeah. about branding, and uh, you know the VA scandal is very real, mm-hmm. and there are so many people who come. You know, it's a it's this volunteer military. You know, you could look at some of the predatory practices that the military does use to recruit. Uh, They don't necessarily go to the most uh, elite schools uh, Mm -hmm. to find uh, the people who are going to be on the front lines of the battles uh, that will sure to be coming in, in, in four years and certainly the ones that have been happening for the past 16 years so i think they if you are a military person it might be refreshing to see a president embrace uh, the military and actually put them on a pedestal and hopefully that could actually lead to some reforms regarding their uh, you know medical needs it could lead to reforms but i think that's just gloss that's bullshit
1: you know these guys need actual policy changes they don't need what? fucking parades you know parades aren't going to save uh, the veterans who kill themselves every day you know parades aren't going to get these people these parades aren't going to get these people the mental health care that they that's actually true. need. You know, it's like you can't... If you've ever suffered from a, a mental health, uh, you know, problem, you know, guys with PTSD, you know, when they're waking up at night, they're going to... They're When they're waking up in a cold sweat at night, they're not thinking, oh, thank God I have the parade tomorrow. That's not... They're fucking... That's not... Maybe. <laughs>
0: there might be a few. You know, it's important to have something to
1: do the next day. Yeah, there is... A, yes, there is... It is important to have stuff to look forward to, uh, but that's just gloss that that is not policy that is not uh actually that's not actually doing something for uh for these veterans we need complete and total reform uh of our veteran care Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's going to happen well you know if, if we're spending money on parades why don't we spend that money on the vets themselves because those parades ain't free
0: we don't know if the parades are going to happen. <laughs> I mean, Donald Trump is one of those guys who just like, I'll throw a parade.
1: <laughs> he, does, he does just he say it. shit. Uh, but, a lot. But that also... You know, what the fuck are we supposed to believe over the next few years? Like, right. are we? Well, so, that's true. Like, what are we supposed to believe? You know, are, what are we supposed to fight against? What are we supposed to say? Are we supposed to just kind of sit back and wait until <clears> shit <throat> happens? Is that his tactic? Just say whatever, and we don't know what's going to actually happen, so we just let it all happen? I mean, that's a very real possibility.
0: Yeah. It is. Uh, we're just going to have to look at his, at his policies. I mean, so far... Um as far as let's go to the Senate hearing uh, the Senate hearings that are happening right now, uh, Betsy DeVos she is uh, his choice for to to head up education. She had a pretty rough hearing. I think she yeah. had the roughest one that I've seen so far and i have watched basically all of them. Uh, Bernie Sanders got uh, his his, air, his five minutes of air time and certainly used it to the best of Bernie Sanders' ability. Mm-hmm. He can really stick with that economic message regarding free education and uh, specifically free college, which, of course, Betsy DeVos is against because, I mean, and a lot of people are against it because it is mildly unreasonable. And, of course, Al Franken got some good jabs in there as well. Al Franken has sort of been one of the cornerstones uh, cornerstones of these hearings i've watched pretty much every uh time he's you know grilled uh, the people that are uh, you know taking uh i guess the stand um and he he seems to be really on fire with it but betsy devos had a really difficult time because she is pro school choice and a lot of democrats are completely against school choice um and she's another one of these billionaires
1: yeah i mean and that's Ber- bernie sanders that was his big question is that if you were not a multi-billionaire would you be sitting here right now which and i thought was answer- a little bit of a sexist question
0: to be honest Sexist? no it's not i a think sexist. it was a sexist question
1: why do you think that was sexist
0: because she's worked for schools for 30 years she she you know she's doing her own thing and uh, i think there was a little bit of sexism from bernie sanders when he was uh, when he was grilling betsy devos i really do because uh, they don't let him finish ever number one the substance is, is so lacking in these in these hearings and they're just trying to get their talking points out they're trying to make their little quick You know, jiff for for their constituents who love them so much, and I thought that Betsy DeVos attempted to answer those questions in a very reasonable way because she's against uh, free college education, and I, I mean, I am pro charter school, um, so I didn't, I don't necessarily disagree with her on that core. I mean, if you look at the uh, school systems that are happening, mostly the the most of the failing school systems are in places without school choice, and uh, I don't understand how more choice would be a problem other than I can, you know. You know the argument against school choice is that theoretically, then they purge the the most intelligent children from these public schools. So then the the it deflates the numbers when it comes to standardized tests, which I think should be done away with anyway. And it continues uh, the lack of funding to these public schools because they've purged all the good kids and put them into uh, into a nicer school. That will then receive the fundings that theoretically the public school could have gotten had the intelligent kids uh, been able to stay there. But I, if you, but we we talked about this with Camille.
1: Yeah, I will never understand why uh, failing schools get less money. I will never understand. We that. We spend
0: more money per student than any country on the face of the planet, and it just doesn't go to the kids. It doesn't go to education, and it's a it's a multiple problem issue. Uh, you know, we have the federal government, fifty states, a huge. Union, 350 million people, Washington, D.C., should not be, and in Texas and California, the textbook in, uh, industries, of course, reliant on te- California and Texas. So those two strongholds of vast different ideologies, but both completely wrong on many things, are you know, contributing to the majority of textbooks across the country. And then you have fe- the federal government um, you know, funding these public schools from such a far distance, they have no idea what the unique municipalities are going through. For example, Betsy DeVos was talking about a high school in uh, Wyoming they had to invest. Oh, I forget what the amount of money was, but a large amount of money in a fence to go around the school to prevent bear attacks. A school in Chicago doesn't need that, <laughs> but but the federal government doesn't take that into consideration. A school in Chicago needs, uh, you know, a much different, uh, you know, set. Of, uh they have a different set of problems that have to be solved, and there's no way that the federal government has the has the insight to to solve those problems so I think it has to be let uh let up to the states uh because it just they know what 's best for their for their uh, students but then of course, you do have some massive problems uh you know and specifically some of the more Uh, rural southern states where they don't want to teach science and they prefer to teach uh, you know uh, uh, not evolution but creationism creationism. and and so you know there is some misinformation that's that's that will be caused you know from not allowing the uh, the federal government to uh, to have such a hands-on approach but at the end of the day I mean I think most school districts understanding that the that their students are going to need to learn science if they want to excel whatsoever in modern in in the modern world i think that school districts uh, school districts would adapt and will adapt and, and give their children the best opportunity possible to learn i mean
1: what i think one of the biggest problems uh facing education right now is that i'd really love to get a I mean, I've been saying this for years get rid of standardized testing but on the we other have hand, to get rid of it we have to get rid of it because you want to talk about money I mean standardized testing is a gigantic industry and we spend so much money on on standardized testing, on teaching for it, uh, on paying for the test themselves. Oh, yeah. You know, like test prep is a gigantic industry. Uh, there is an entire industry that is built around standardized testing, and I really think that we should get rid of that. If you talk to any teacher, they're bored. Teachers are bored because all they do is teach to the test, and the kids are oh, bored. Yeah. And they don't learn thinking. That's that's one of the problems, that we spend so much money on students, but yep. we don't learn how to think. We only learn how to take a test, because that's yep. where the money comes and from.
0: And I am not just blaming the Democrats on this. I mean, the majority of the problems that we're facing right now with our education system took place under W. Uh, no Child was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, all children were left behind under No Child Left Behind. And, uh, and it was a really uh, terrible precedent, and we're still reeling from that, and now we're seeing the ramifications of these, as we always say, it's usually about ten years after a president leaves office where we get a good sample size of what their policies look like in reality. And there is no denying that everything that the uh, the Bush, W. Bush uh, administration implemented regarding education has been a complete failure. Yeah, and a complete failure. And uh, but then Obama didn't do us any favors either.
1: Absolutely not. And standardized testing. I mean, I've been taking. I'm th- almost thirty four, and I've been taking. I started taking standardized tests at the age of five. Right. You and know, then, the TOSS test was the big one, and but, the only, yeah. And the big uh, incentive to pass the toss test is that you got a T-shirt with Bart Simpson on it. And said, I passed the toss,
0: man. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I like that. That works. You know, Senator Bob Casey, uh, he was another one that grilled Betsy DeVos. Now, he was a, one of the creators of Title IX, mm-hmm. Marcus. And, of course, Title IX, you know, that's the collegiate uh, um, policy that was put in place regarding sexual abuse on college campuses. It, it it was put in place. I believe it was 2011. Uh, basically, it got rid of due process. You know, for for college students, um, and obviously, sexual assault's a massive issue. We have to take it seriously and uh, and and do whatever we can to prevent it. And I think that prevention relies heavily on a conversation that has to be had with men on how to treat and uh, and act responsibly, and uh, you know, figure out how to. what's the proper social boundaries. But Title IX really just gave these universities complete control and a uh, dictator-like amount of power regarding uh, these really intense claims that can ruin people's lives. Uh, So I think Title IX needs to be massively reformed. Uh, There's there's always unintended consequences uh, to uh, wonderfully intended bills. And I think we're seeing a lot of unintended consequences when it comes to Title IX. You know, I mean, you, I mean, there's a lot of boys and and, and women uh, as well. I mean, they get accused of these things, and there's no there's no uh, due process whatsoever. The the law enforcement many times aren't even told about it, and they're just completely destroyed. So there are things that have to be, uh, you know, on its on its face. Uh, of course, you want any law that that makes it. Um, Make sexual assault or harassment uh you know to be to be uh you know spotlit and, and and done away with it can scatter like cockroaches uh you know we want we want to do that, but it, it, the unintended consequences i think are really intense so between w and between Obama, our school systems have been really kind of run through the government machine to a point where they 're just the least concerned about educating children and making them creatively think like you just said, Marcus. I mean, do you think Betsy DeVos is concerned with that? Well, that's, you know, and that's the main question. You know, is she somebody who is going to be looking out for the uh, the concerns of, of parents who might, you know, have l- less income? I mean, when we had Camille on the show, I mean, he makes a good point about how, uh, you know, parents should not be forced to send their students or send their children into schools where they're going to be students uh, of a curriculum that might be uh, not the way that they learn. And so uh, I don't know. I mean, what I mean? She didn't say anything that I thought was like completely disqualifying.
1: No, she didn't uh, say anything that was completely disqualifying. She just didn't seem to know a whole lot. She didn't answer a hell of a whole lot.
0: Well, she has her core platform again of school choice, and there is just going to be innate. An, an, she did a lot with Detroit with with their education system. They they tout that as an accomplishment, and I suppose you could uh, argue that Detroit has been you know one of the worst hit. Uh, cities in the entire country, obviously, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the lack of jobs and uh, white flight uh, definitely occurred in Detroit. I mean, the, the majority of public schools are uh, are black or uh, Hispanic. Uh, she touts that as, as some of her, you know, you know, as a as an accomplishment with trying to reform there. I think it's just, you know, the Democrats have to get off their high horse regarding uh, school choice, and the Republicans have to understand that public schools need to be funded in a in a way that is practical and actually works. And, you know, to your point about Betsy DeVos, being somebody who is a billionaire, I do think there's going to be an innate disconnect from people who have to grow up in inner city public schools. She's not going to have the full understanding uh, of what the problems are in those schools. But again, that's why she wants to leave it up to the states who then theoretically, hopefully, understand what their students need more than the federal government. So I, I don't know. We just don't know.
1: Possibly. And I think that's the big thing of uh, the Trump presidencies. We, we just, just don't
0: know. We just still do. We don't know. And we're going to have to—we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I did think it was interesting. Betsy DeVos seemed to have the most difficult time in the, uh, in the hearings. And uh, I don't know if she will get confirmed or not. As of this show, we don't know if she is, correct? No. Um, so we'll have to wait to find out. I was a little bit surprised, but at the same time, I I, I wasn't surprised because as El Franken continued to say, of course, the senator from Minnesota, former star of SNL, as he continued to say, education is such a uh, such a vital uh, thing in this country, and it is really it's on the it's on the fritz right now, and it, it's these kids are you know being kicked out to Skid Row without a chance. And we can't say Obama's done a great job for it, and we can't say W did a great job for it. And so hopefully something else can change when it comes to our public system problem. Let's hope so. Public schools, anyway. Um, All right, well, let's see here. Uh, Marcus Parks, how you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling all right. All right, so I said we were going to read something about—we got some— good emails from our conversation about the Affordable Care Act. One person says he doesn't like it, so that was good. Uh, this one is uh, a little email from Charlotte. Thanks for sending it in. She just I'll just read the final little paragraph here. Uh, she just talks about people's circumstances can change in an instant, and the cost of health care in this country are inflated to clownish proportions. ACA has kept many, many people out of extreme debt, and I do believe that's possible. What benefit is there to do, uh, what benefit is there to denying people the opportunity to gain or increase their coverage due to health conditions that may suddenly appear should they be damned to to debt or death. Love the show, and I think you're great. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Charlotte.
1: Yeah, the ACA, uh, the the longer it goes on, the more worried I get about it, uh, about it getting repealed with with nothing to uh, replace it. Um, So- We'll see what happens, but you know, I'll say that it's keeping me and many other people awake at night as to what's going to
0: happen here in the next few months mm-hmm. uh, as far as what we can afford. All right. Jordan from Virginia. Uh, I'll just sort of paraphrase this uh, paraphrase this one. He loves that we call out the hypocrisy of Republicans and Hollywood progressives talking about the working class man. And uh, he says he's never hears that before. He never hears it. He's a 28 year old dude. He's been working since he was 13 years old. He works damn hard six days a week and mostly seven during the summer. And uh, he says he loves the show and appreciate appreciates us talking about the working man. Then he closes it with Love Last podcast on the left top at. And Roundtable, got to say, though, Marcus is usually right on top at, you Fox News scum. (laughs) Thank you, Jordan, for that. That's very nice. Fox News scum. I don't get called that enough. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Yes, very nice. (laughs) Um, All right. Gwendolyn, just really quick here. She says uh, she very much appreciates the podcast. Uh, Let's see. Recent discussion about the healthcare thing. This is what she wants to talk about. I wanted to point out that this argument narrowly construes person as male. I guess we, we did that. I don't know if we did that, but I guess we did that. Healthy women from the age of 18 see a physician regularly for cancer, screenings, reproductive health, contraception, and pregnancy. Therefore, one need not to be sick to require healthcare. When women are part of the question, this seems to be overlooked in many debates I've heard on the subject. Gwendolyn, that's a great point. That is. Women are much more in need Just biologically for uh, medical care, and uh, far too often we don't uh, take them into consideration when having the national debate.
1: That's a very good point.
0: Yes. And then, of course, there's one fellow, Matt. Matt, uh, He just says he's a big fan and uh, he hates the ACA. All right. And then he says, Magusolations. Yep. That's it. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) He's against it because uh, he just doesn't believe the economic uh, Obamacare ignores the economic realities of insurance and therefore is unsustainable.
1: Well, I agree that uh, there definitely needs to be an overhaul. It just doesn't need to be taken away completely. They just they have to have they have to have something uh, to to replace it. They can't just take away uh, everybody's insurance uh, and expect everything to just kind of work out okay.
0: And to add. Further confusion Donald Trump has said That he wants Health care for all Yeah So we just don't Again I wish we had answers uh, But we just don't know
1: Yeah I don't know If this is a tactic Or if this is just Kind of a a, a, a Bramshackle way Of uh, Of Or I don't know If this is a tactic Or if this is just Kind of a scattershot way Of governing uh, But I think The next four yep. years the, uh, the words we will be Saying the most is
0: We just don't know We just don't know Well we'll find out We'll definitely find out. And again, like we talked about when discussing the ACA, uh, the Republicans better replace it. They got to replace it with something. Please. And uh, they'll have to replace it with something viable. And they'll have to replace it with something that doesn't kick 20 million people off of their health care just because. I mean, that's the thing about these government policies. When they get through, they're almost, you know, the barnacles go in and it, it's impossible to pull out without a, without a, uh, without a skeleton attached to it. And uh, this would be 20 million of them. Yeah. So the Republicans, if, if they want to maintain power um, and and certainly, uh, you know, the Democrats haven't yet come up with a uh, with a brand policy uh, to to reclaim any sort of power. I mean, we'll just we'll, I think they're reliant on Donald Trump imploding, which was what they relied on during the primary. And obviously that didn't happen, even though Hillary, of course, got three million more votes, but they will have to uh, they'll have to figure out what they're doing. Uh, But if the Republicans do not replace it with something, that is just perfect fodder for the Democrats, and they'll be able to take back the House and the Senate in 2018. If this is the Republicans, they have 100 days, starting from January 20th, they have 100 days where you have the most amount of power, and if they can't capitalize on it with a a tangible policy, also they have to deal with the Rand Paul wing of their um, party, you know, completely upset with the $17 trillion that their new budget will be adding to the deficit. They've got a lot to figure out, and uh, you know I know Paul Ryan and, and and Tom Cotton and a lot of other Republicans uh, are upset with the you know with the pardon of Chelsea Manning. They got to get over that stuff pretty quickly because they have the they got the people's work to do, and uh, it's yeah uh, it's gonna be a haul yeah that 's for sure, um, all right, everyone. thanks so much for listening. i think that 's all we wanted to talk about today. I think so. Yes, hopefully we got some uh, good conversation out there. Hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed it and of course, you can reach me on Twitter at Ben Kissel and uh, and tell me your thoughts on uh, on the situation and uh and uh, what you think, perhaps about uh, you know all the a lot of the Democrats sitting out of the inauguration? Is that good? Is that bad? We didn't even get to that. Um, and uh, you can find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks, Instagram at Marcus Parks, and I'm on Instagram at Ben One. Although I think I had to delete it off my phone. Why? Because I wanted to get this Major League Baseball game. <laughs> you, you, what you, got, you know what you got to do, Marcus? You hold it down mm-hmm. and then you release it. This player swings, and then I always miss the ball. Oh, Hmm. you'll get better. I will get better. (laughs) Uh, It's called Home Run Derby. It's pretty exciting. Um, All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.
1: For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks.